We're uh, picking up the thread in Philippians from last week. If you weren't with us, we began the letter there uh, from the Apostle Paul to the church that, uh, as Pastor Dale put it, it's the happy letter, that he's happy with them and, and uh, thanks God every time he thinks of them and prays for them, he says, with joy that, they'll, that, uh, that they will continue the way that they've started. So he says they enjoy God's favor. He says, you and I together enjoy God's favor, but I pray that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Like your, your love will get smarter and smarter and uh, more focused. And then we pick up today in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul writes, And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be better by far for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. So uh, we mentioned last week as we began this letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. He's happy with them. It's the happy letter. It's the joy. But at the same time, keeping in mind that he's writing from prison. And so uh, he begins and says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. That's what he says. He says, everyone, it's becoming really clear that this is hap why this is happening. I am happy that things are ha going the way they are. And you need to know that everything that's happened to me here has happened to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows I am in chains because of Christ. Like, this is why I'm here. This is why this happened. And so 
He writes them from his prison cell, and it's not like one of those cushy prison cells that people complain about, like they have cable TV, and, and you can take a, any courses you want in college. It's not like that cushy kind of prison life. It's even as bad as prison is in our time, it was much worse then. In fact, they didn't consider themselves responsible for you in any way. They didn't even have to give you food. So if you didn't have friends that brought you food while you were in prison, you starved to death, whether you were uh, already tried and convicted or whether you were waiting for your trial date, like Paul. And so you would just die because you didn't have anything to eat. So nobody provided that. They didn't uh, give you warm clothes if it was wintertime. All of those things were, were your problem or the problem of your friends. So if you had people who would come and bring you stuff, that was fine. So it was a hard life. It was a difficult situation. And Paul has been faithful to God. He's traveled around. He's preached over and over again. He's been stoned and left for dead. He's been shipwrecked. Like he's, this has been a hard go. And now... As a reward for all of his troubles of going all in for Jesus and starting all these churches and talking about Jesus faithfully, he's in prison. And he's chained up. And he's maybe going hungry sometimes. And, and it's cold. And it's lonely. And I think if I was in that situation, if it was me in jail, I think the biggest thing on my mind would be what I'm going through. I think I, I, I might feel a little sorry for myself. I might get a little down. I might at least be going, hey, I, I tried to do the right thing here. Like I was trying to be faithful. I, I, it's not fair. They shouldn't be doing this to me. All I did was talk about Jesus. Why is that illegal? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you treating me the way you're treating me? It isn't fair. If I wrote a letter to friends, I'd be complaining about my situation. I'd be telling them how hard it was. I might be starting off by saying, hey, could you send me some food? Can you help me out in this way? Uh, can, you, can you try to find some way to get me out of here? Like whether you're petitioning on my behalf or maybe we could stage a jailbreak. Like, like do something. I can't stay here. I think that's what I'd be feeling. Right? And Paul writes, and, and as we said, it's, it's kind of known as the happy letter. But, but in the back of your mind, you got to remember, he's in jail. He's in chains. He's being treated poorly by, by this situation. And so he's got every reason to kind of be a little bit self-absorbed, but Paul is anything but. And so instead of complaining about his situation, instead of asking for help, instead of focusing on what he's going through, he says, look, I want you to know that everything that's happened to me here has happened to spread the good news. He says, what's happening is that the good news is being spread because I'm in here. And, and you would think it would be the opposite. And, and, and you would think that he would be down, but he's, he's such a positive person. Like when it comes to, you know, you meet those people who are kind of cheery and you're like, you're just a little too happy. And, and boy, does nothing bad ever happen to you? I wait, I can't, you know, someday you'll face some real challenges and you'll know what it's like. You ever have that feeling? Like, like you don't understand what I'm going through. If you did, you wouldn't have that smile plastered on your face all the time. And Paul, on the other hand, is going, I'm in jail, but I want you to know, I don't want you to worry about me. I don't want you to worry about whether I've got enough stuff or not. I don't want you to worry about my food or my clothes. I don't want you to feel bad for me. I don't want you to, you know, I'm not thinking about that. What I'm thinking about is, 
hey, you know what? The gospel is not in chains. I am, but, but this isn't stopping anything. What's important here is that it's really helped to spread the good news. And so uh, he says, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. That's a weird thing to happen, isn't it? Like you hear, you're one of the believers in Philippi and you go, okay, they've, they've chained Paul up somewhere and, and we live in this town that's kind of really loyal to Rome and, and, and if that can happen to Paul, it can happen to anyone, maybe we should like go easy on this thing. Like maybe we should kind of go underground a little bit with the church. Maybe if I tell anyone about Jesus, I got to be really careful about who I tell and when I tell and where I am when I tell it. And I, I, I'm going to back off a little bit on that. If I open my mouth about Jesus at all, I'm, I'm going to be careful and protect myself a little because he's in jail. You think it would make them back off, but what he says is because of his imprisonment, people have gained confidence, and actually people who are a little shy about talking about Jesus actually are going around talking about Jesus. That's just weird. You think they would be afraid, but what actually happens, Paul says, he says, it's really cool because all of a sudden, they're actually emboldened by what I'm doing. And even though they were shy about it before, they're really eager to get out there and tell people how great Jesus is. And so you'd never know it from Paul's uh, mood in this letter, but not everything is hunky-dory, right? Like things are going wrong. And so there is this situation and, and, uh, and he's, he's in jail, but he says, look, people are actually being inspired by what's happening to get out there and boldly speak up for Jesus. Now you understand, they're not, they're not inspired by the fact that he's in jail. Like that one fact isn't, oh, oh, he's in jail? In jail? Like he's, he's doing time for this? And Paul's going, all this could be yours. And they go, yeah, okay, sign me up right now. You get to go to jail for Jesus? Okay. Count me in. That's not what's happening here. What's happening is Paul is responding in such a way, and because of his attitude, because he's just taking it in stride, because he's rising above those challenges, they're looking at him and they're going, man, if Paul can do it, that's amazing. Like there is something to this belief in God that must be worth something if he's willing to put his neck on the line and then when he ends up in prison for it, he's still talking about it and he's still pushing forward the agenda and he's still excited that new people learn about who Jesus is. So he's telling the whole palace guard, he goes, everyone here knows it, like they're all talking about it and I'm talking to them and I'm not shutting up about Jesus and trying to play it careful so that they'll let me out. I'm just going to keep going. You ever have people in the church like that where, where you go, hey, you know, I think I'd feel sorry for myself if I got a diagnosis of cancer, but there's that one person that gets a diagnosis and they just go, I, I just really trust God. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay strong. And, and you watch them, not just in the public eye, not just when they're at church or something, but you just go, they, they're just able to take it on. And the way that they rise above it, the strength of character that they show, the way that they trust Jesus when everything else is falling apart just inspires you and you go, I want to do that too. I don't want to be uh, a weak Christian. I'd really like to learn how to do that, how to face the toughest circumstances and the worst news ever and to walk through it faithful to Jesus and letting him do what he wants to do. 
And so there are people that we watch and when they face challenges, the way they rise above actually inspires us to rise above. And that's what's happening here with the believers. Paul goes, they put me in jail to stomp this out and it had the opposite effect. People saw the way that Paul was faithful even though he's in chains, even though he's suffering, even though he doesn't even know what's going to happen next. They're seeing him and they're going, if he can do it, and if God is using him, I want to do that too. I want to show the same faithfulness to Jesus that he's showing. That's something that is way more inspiring. So it isn't just about him being in jail. It's the way he's dealing with being in jail. And the thing is, that's not the only thing that's going wrong. So it's not just that Paul is positive even though he's in jail. It's not just that he's positive because this, the, the gospel's spreading. He goes on to say that it's not his only challenge. He says, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others don't have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. You get what he's saying? There's like two groups of people that are inspired and out there preaching the gospel of Jesus. One group, he says, has pure motives. Like they love me and, and they're with me and they go, man, if Paul can do it, you know, that's really inspiring and I, I want to get behind him and, and we're going to do this together, Paul. We're going to reach people even if you're in jail. We're going to talk to them about Jesus and we're going to help people find them and, 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 and we're on the same page. Like, like if, if you can step up and be brave, I can step up and be brave. But then he says there's this other group, they're jealous and they've got this rivalry between them. They're like, they're trying to one-up Paul. They're trying to get above him and they're always competing with him and they go, he's in jail and if we start preaching and kind of stirring things up and, and show that it's not being stamped out, maybe they'll be harder on Paul. Like they actually want to stick it to Paul and kick him while he's down. He's in jail. We'll go around and preach. But in the back of their minds, they're not just thinking we'll spread the gospel. They're thinking we'll get a little higher position while he's going to end up suffering more. We'll take our opportunity to be the big shots in the church while he's stuck in jail and maybe it'll, it'll kind of stick it to him a little that we're doing that. And Paul says, like, that's what's going through their mind. So some are doing it purely, but some are doing it actually just to hurt me in a way. Can you imagine the pain of that? Like, you know the Romans are out to get you. You know that they're your enemy. They're supposed to be your enemy. Like, they're, they're trying to stomp you out. They're trying to keep you from competing with Caesar and his kingdom and, and, and their empire. You, you kind of get that they're threatened by what you're saying about Jesus. But then you stop and you go, there are believers who are rooting against me. Like, they're out to get me. They want to see me fail. I'm in jail, and they actually want to make it worse for me in here. Imagine the feeling of betrayal, the hurt, when somebody who should love you and be on your side and support you and should be, you know, 
behind everything that you're doing. Paul's going around starting all these churches and, and, and preaching the name of Jesus. You think they would be his greatest fans. And these people are like, I can't stand Paul and I hope he gets what's coming to him. And if I can do anything to speed that along or to make that happen, forget you, buddy. There's an opportunity for us to be famous and for us to, you know, rise. And we're jealous of of the influence you have and what you've done. And you're not such a big deal, Paul. Now's our time to shine. And he knows this. He knows there's some preaching it for good reasons and there's some reach, preaching it just to, just to stick it to him. So he's in chains, he's in prison, and now he knows that there are people who hate him that are his adversaries or taking advantage of his situation and trying to make a name for themselves while they kick him while he's down, mocking him. And yet he says, they don't have pure motives. They preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition and they're intending to make my chains more painful to me. And if you read a little further down, he says, you know, he starts talking about living and dying and you go, like there's this real possibility that he's facing a death sentence. So he's in jail facing a death sentence and that's how these people respond. But you get how amazing it is then that he responds this way, that he, he says he has joy, that he's celebrating what they're doing. He says, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you understand what, happen, what matters most to Paul. He says, he says they're doing it out of, out of envy, trying to make my chains more painful to me, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter? Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached. Either way. So I rejoice. I will continue to rejoice. He says, you know what? I don't care that they're doing it for the wrong reasons. If they're telling some things that are true about Jesus, like it's not mine to sort out why they're doing it, or, or what they're trying to accomplish. But if they tell people about Jesus, there's always a chance somebody's going to hear about Jesus and they're going to accept him and they're going to turn their lives over to him. So he says, I'm not going to be upset by what they're doing. I'm actually going to rejoice that they're at least talking about Jesus, even if their motives are way off, even if they're out to get me, even if they hate me so much that even while I'm in jail, they want to cause me pain. Wow. Can you imagine that kind of attitude when your enemy is, is trying to hurt you that bad? And he says, either way, as long as they're talking about Jesus, as long as the gospel's getting preached, that's way more important than anything. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy with that. Because that matters way more to me than some people trying to hurt me. And so then he goes on and he shows that he has hope for the future and he's eagerly expecting good things in his future. He says, I, for I know as, that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. He says, my expectation, my hope here, if, I, if I'm painting a picture of what the future would look like if it goes my way, the most important thing I can think about is all I want to do is make sure I don't do anything that would make me 
a shame before Jesus. I want to do what will make him proud. I want, to, I want to do it and I want to dig into it. And I don't care what they throw at me and I don't care who's with me and who's against me. I just want to, want to know that I've been faithful, that I've, I've stuck to my guns. I want to be able to look back on my life, whatever the end happens, whenever it, it, it comes down to my death, I just want to be able to look back on my life and say, I didn't give in for a minute. I stuck with Jesus and I, I, I saw it all through. And I was faithful and I don't have to be ashamed of anything. I don't wish I did it differently. I know that I did what I did because I knew it was right. He says, I expect and I hope that I will never have to be ashamed, that I will continue to be bold for Christ and no matter what happens to me, I will just push through and I'll just go for it as I have in the past. He wants Jesus to be exalted whether he lives or whether he dies. So he says, and I, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Now get, yeah, I need to understand when he says that, he's not saying I got a death wish, like it's so bad in prison, I wish I was dead. That's not what he's saying. But as he goes on to explain he, he points out what's happening inside of him. Like, like he's facing this tough situation. He goes, it's not easy and it's difficult. And there are moments when I would say, hey, you know what? If I died right now, I get to go be with Jesus. Like I know where my eternity is. And I know that if I get to go be with Jesus, I'm out of pain. I don't have to worry about jail anymore. I don't have to face any of the struggles I got to face. And in one way, if it was just me, that'd be what I'd pick. So he says, I fully expect and hope that I'll never be ashamed, but that I'll continue to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying's even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. And he's going like, like, I win either way. Can you imagine? You're sitting in jail. There's people out there trying to cause you pain. There's people who should be your friends out to get you and, and betray you. And you go, man, the dilemma is, should I die and go be with Jesus or should I stay here and work for him? Like, I, there's kind of no losing proposition. Like, I'm not afraid of dying. I get to go be with Jesus. Everything's good if that happens. But if I get to stay, I get to work for him and, and do what I'm doing now. And he goes, I, I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go be with Christ, which would be better by far for me. But then he says, but, you know, for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Like if I stay here, I can continue on in fruitful ministry. Like I can, I can tell more people about Jesus. I can help and encourage you guys. And you know what? That when it comes down to it, I'm kind of torn between the two, but I, but I really believe I'm going to live because it's going to be better for you guys. When I come to you, he says, uh, so he says, uh, it's better that I live because I can, I can be here for you. So he's not... He's not staying for himself. For him, it's like uh, the biggest question is how can I do the most good? How can I have the biggest impact? How can I do what God's called me to do? And so even when he's debating, he goes like, I I'm fine to go with Jesus right now. Like that'd be good for me, but I will stay and I'll tough it out and I'll go through everything they throw at me. And the reason I'm doing it is not because I'm afraid to die, 
Like, I'm okay with that. But I want to stay here because I want to continue to tell more people because there's people that still don't know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them about it. And as long as I'm telling them, what will happen is even when I'm in jail, other people are getting emboldened to talk more about Jesus. And, and actually this thing is spreading and growing faster because they threw me in jail. So he goes, so I'll sit in jail. And I'll tell the palace guards uh, how great Jesus is because this is really worth living for and it's worth dying for. And I don't care which one it is. Either way, I win. But, but I'm, I, I think it's probably going to play out that I'll stay because it'll be good for you guys. For your sake, it's better that I continue to live. And then he says, and when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he's doing through me. He says, when I come to you again, if I, if I get out of jail and I get to come be with you, the thing is, we'll be able to celebrate what Jesus did and what he's doing through me. It's like even then he's not going, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I try to preach really hard. I'm kind of proud of myself and, and you should be proud of me too. It's, it's not like that for Paul. He goes, Look, if we're going to be proud of something, let's be proud of what Jesus did. Like, if, if he can do this in me, he can do this in you. Like, if he can use a guy like me, he can use somebody like you. And so his only goal is to inspire them to give their whole hearts to, to, to God and to, and to get behind what they're doing and to be emboldened to speak up no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what people say about you, and no matter even if other people who are believers turn on you and try to cause you pain and hurt you deeply. He says, even that does not matter if word gets out about how great Jesus is and how what good work Jesus does. And when I come to you, we'll both be able to sit back and go, I am so proud to be part of God's kingdom. I'm so proud to see what Jesus does. Not because I'm proud of me, but because I'm proud of what he's doing in me. And Paul says, that's worth living for and that's worth dying for and that's worth inspiring others with. So he throws all in and he says, literally, like, I may be sitting here in chains, but come join me, won't you? <laughs> maybe you'll get chained too, but maybe you won't. Either way, if you throw in, no matter what happens to you, no matter what life throws at you, no matter who is rooting against you, your worst enemy or, or maybe a little worse, your closest friend. Even when people are, 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 are watching for your demise and cheering when you fail. As long as people talk about Jesus. <laughs> as long as the truth about him gets out. Paul says that's worth living for, that's worth dying for, that's worth everything. And so he says, someday I expect I'll get out of here and I'll come to you and we'll celebrate together what God's doing because it isn't me and it isn't you and it isn't some superhero of the faith like Paul. It's Jesus. And if you think that you can't do it and you couldn't do what Paul does, you're right. But the truth is also that Paul couldn't have done it either. And Paul knows that. So Paul says, look, 
I'm gonna just sit back and let Jesus do in me and I'm gonna say yes to him every time and it's amazing what he does and how he uses a guy like Paul that's made all kinds of bad decisions in life and was going down a very dark path but when Jesus met him on that road to Damascus it changed everything and he decided I will give him everything I'm all in and I'm never gonna hold back and whatever Jesus asked me to do, I'm just going to say yes. I don't know how it's going to work, and I don't know where the, the strength is going to come from to do it, but Paul didn't start to believe in himself that day. He, he believed in Jesus so much that he could take on anything, and that might seem so far from where we're at. But if you say yes to Jesus in that way, incredible things will happen and your life will take a trajectory that's powerful and, and inspiring and so far beyond what you could accomplish because it doesn't depend on you. It depends on him. There's lots of things you can't do. There is nothing that our God can't do in you and for you and through you. If you trust him, even when everything's dark and even when things are going wrong.